Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth. And this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. This week's guest is Roddy Devlukia, a plant-based cook, recipe developer, mission-driven entrepreneur, and co-founder of Juni Tea. Her eagerly anticipated debut cookbook, Joyful, debuts this month. As a modern-day advocate for holistic well-being, Roddy practices conscious cooking and embodies the idea that nourishing the body can be an enriching and pleasurable journey without compromising flavor. She's amassed a global audience of millions of loyal followers through her natural lifestyle brand, sharing recipes, nutritional insights, and mindfulness practices. In this episode, we talk about Roddy's journey to step out of her comfort zone and launch her first cookbook, tips on improving digestion, bloating, and gut health, along with her favorite ways to live a joy-filled life, including the importance of prioritizing home-cooked meals, meditating, building deep relationships, self-love rituals, connecting with nature, and so much more. I absolutely love Roddy's energy and curiosity and know you will too. Keep listening to learn more. I have some super exciting news, Purely fans. I am so thrilled to announce that our newest product line of cookie granola is finally here. We've created a one-of-a-kind recipe where a delicious cookie meets our wholesome granola. It's made with organic gluten-free oats and coconut flour, 100% whole grains, baked with coconut oil and almond butter, and only 6 grams of sugar. These snackable granola clusters have all of the flavor and crispness of your favorite cookie recipe, but in an indulgence you can feel good about. It comes in three flavors to obsess over, chocolate chip, double chocolate, and my personal favorite, oatmeal raisin. Find our cookie granolas at Walmart, Whole Foods, Publix, and on our website at purelyelizabeth.com. To find a store near you, use the link below in the show notes. I hope you're as obsessed with this new product as I am. Enjoy. Roddy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so honored to have you on today. Honestly, I'm such a huge fan of yours, your energy, your nutrition philosophy, and just everything that you exude. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I was just saying, I was just eating your granola this morning. So I felt connected to you in that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, excited to connect here. Um, Would love just to start with foundationally, your background. Have you always been a foodie? Have you always been interested in cooking? And where did your love for nutrition come from? Yeah, so I've definitely always been obsessed with food. I had I was really lucky to have a mom who made food just so exciting and interesting and she would make fresh meals every single day and it was just a blessing like she would just create the best food so definitely been a foodie my whole life but in terms of my own passion for cooking and creating I studied to be a nutritionist so I did a nutrition degree and then I became a dietitian as well And so I definitely had this deep interest of understanding how food affected uh, the body. And at first I wanted to go into pediatrics, but then when I moved to America, I started learning about Ayurveda and I did an Ayurveda course and I had an Ayurvedic teacher who I was learning under. She was an incredible cook. Uh, Her name's Divya. She's in New York. And 
I just fell in love with the philosophy beyond the things that we're taught generically from a Western philosophy uh, point of view. This really took into account the deeper levels of understanding our body. And so I really started to appreciate the food, mind and body connection. On, yeah, I guess I guess it wasn't one specific thing. It was so many people and places and experiences that I had that has brought this love for food and understanding the body around in me. I love it. I totally resonate with so much of that. And I'm also a big lover of the Ayurveda philosophy. So can't wait to dive into that and really hear more about like how you explain your nutrition and wellness philosophy and kind of the content that you share with your community today? I'd say my philosophy, honestly, especially now after the pandemic, after everything, it's helping people to understand their body better and take their health back into their own hands. I think we become so used to from a young age when you're not well, you go to the doctor when there's anything wrong. And especially even now online with social media, there's so many different philosophies, so many different people telling you that this is best for you and this is best for you, when actually the person who knows what's best for you is you. And that doesn't mean when you have medical issues, you don't go there. But the day-to-day understanding of our body is, I think, what's lacking and creating this disconnect, which that disconnect then creates bad health and, and lack of understanding of what the food we are eating is doing to our body. And so the philosophy that I try to share is not telling people what to do, but helping people to understand what they need so they can tell themselves what they need and what they need to do for their own life and body. And that's been my biggest, that's really what I've been advocating for. Yeah, I love that. I love how you say what you eat along with your daily habits and the thoughts that you think has the ability to completely transform every aspect of your health. And that like so resonates with me. And I think a philosophy that I've personally always felt, and I've shared that, but I think quite honestly, it hasn't been until recently where I've had some of my own gut issues this past couple months, actually. So dealing with some gut issues with SIBO that I found out that I had, which was a, a surprise. And have changed my diet and some other things just in the last six weeks. And how I have seen the profound effect of taking gluten and dairy and some digestive changes. And now I'm sleeping better and having hair growth and not having bloat. And to actually see the power of that is so meaningful. And I think a lot of people can hear it, but until you experience like it for yourself. And so I think a way to really encourage people to believe and to try these things, because it's one thing to hear it, but then when you try it yourself, it becomes so much more powerful. Agreed. And I think we're so used to other people telling us what to do. Like we'll experiment with so many different things in life, but as soon as it comes to our own health, unless someone's really telling us what to do, we find it difficult to implement and try things out. Like you said, like Let me try out using different spices in the kitchen to see how it affects my body. We're used to eating different things, but not then doing the process of understanding what it's doing to our body or how our body is feeling after it. And you're right. Sometimes it really takes some sort of health issue or a scare in life to really get us on track. I think the pandemic did that for a lot of people, actually. So many people realized 
how little they were focusing on themselves and their health that I think during that period, especially because we didn't know even how to, what we were doing to do with COVID, like it was something so unfamiliar, we had to start taking kind of, uh, what's the word for it? like inventory of what we're doing in our own life. Yeah, for sure. So for you, what, have you had any big transformation like that through this practice? And how have you really seen the power of food and lifestyle affect your life? Good question. I would say I didn't have necessarily like a big health issue or a big transformation, but I was, I was fairly overweight when I was younger. I used to just love eating, but I didn't really understand my, I mean, my mom was, she was so amazing at creating really healthy food. And she was also a fitness instructor when I was growing up. And so I would always watch her, but it never quite translated to me because I just didn't, it never attracted me like working out and even thinking about the concept of movement of body wasn't part of my mindset when I was younger. And as I grew up, I knew that I didn't want to get healthy or, you know, lose the weight through crash dieting or doing anything that affects my body. I've always been very mindful about that. And so I start when I started learning about different food groups and things, it really it started my connection to understanding things from a deeper level. Like that's honestly what, what I, I'd say me being overweight when I was younger started it off. But then it was seeing how in the world we are so disconnected to our food because we eat out all the time. We buy things in cans or in jars to know where food comes from. Like I remember when I was doing clinics with children, when I was a dietitian in a hospital, and it was amazing to see the lack of connection between what the food is on our plate and where it comes from. Even that simple detail of where do you think this grows? Like, how do you think you're getting the food that is actually presenting itself on your plate? And all of that really spurred me to want to get into this connection, to actually deeply connecting with our food. So, yeah, I don't think it was one particular thing. It was a mixture of the blessing of all the teachers that I've had in my life. Like, I thought if I across all these people that have done so much in my life for me other people don't have that so many people don't come into contact like that so I kind of just saw myself as the bridge of whether it was spirituality whether it was cooking whether it was um this information about human body and food connection I felt so grateful to have those teachers in my life and it kind of felt like my duty to be the bridge between them and hopefully other people finding that for themselves too you know, when you find something that you love or that you that's transformed your life, you have this desire for other people to feel that too. You want them to feel that joy that you felt from eating a certain way or being a certain way or a practice that you have. And I think that's really what has inspired me to keep going and sharing it. Yeah, that's amazing. And that was going to be a good segue to ask, you know, how did you really start to go from being a dietitian or a nutritionist, I should say? to then saying like, okay, I, I want to put myself out there and build this whole amazing community, which you have done so beautifully. Uh, well, at the beginning, my blog or my Instagram page was actually called Veggie Vegan Veda. Veda means knowledge. And it was the beginning of when I started. Um, I had moved out of my house. I was married and it was the first time I was really cooking regularly for myself and for my husband. And so it was a private account. It was just when I started cooking and, and, you know, making food for people, people would ask for recipes. So I'd be like, why not? Let me just share it within my own community. So at the beginning, it was honestly just a friends and family page that I was sharing recipes with and taking, I loved 
the concept of food looking beautiful i think it's it's such an important part of eating is when you're attracted to the food you're eating and so i would love presenting it in certain ways and so it was really that's how i started it and then naturally as jay created his community people want to know who his family is or who he's connected to and so when people started kind of filtering through to my page i realized i wanted to give people something of essence that was going to help their life in some way i was like they can either come they may be coming to me because they know me through jay but i want them to be able to stay because they're learning or gaining something from what i'm sharing and also i was going through that journey myself like when i was in new york i was doing my yoga teacher training i was doing an ayurveda course i was started this journey of my spirituality that i was learning so much in and i was like wow i feel like i'm being bombarded with all this information i feel like i need a vessel to pour it out into and so it was almost a way for me to process what i was learning through sharing it and i think sometimes sharing is the best way to actually take in and process what is coming to you yeah absolutely what are you learning right now that you're excited about anything new or different yeah good question you know this was my year of I, I feel like I go through phases, and I'm sure many people do. I went through a phase of years of learning from my first degree to my second degree, to my Ayurveda course, to my yoga teacher training. I had almost, I'd say, what was it, 18 to, yeah, so at least eight years of learning, just, just taking information in. And then for the past couple of years, I've been in this era of trying to share, and every day I'm learning in different ways, whether it's online, whether it's in books, um, in different parts of my life, but I'd say I'm really craving going back to education. And so this has been my year of trying new things and trying to get myself out there. And next year, I'm thinking about all the courses in different parts of my life that I want to do my spiritual practices, my, uh, food. I really want to do a course to understand. I mean, I love spices so much, but to understand the herbs and spices so much more, I touched on it in my Ayurveda course, but doing a course is just different. So I really want to kind of stick my teeth into that next year. I feel the same. I feel like I could just ah. constantly learning and like it keeps you keeps me so excited. Me too. Me too. One of the things I wanted to ask you and definitely I know Ayurveda touches on this, but as I mentioned with my gut issues I was having, some of that has been around low digestion or not being able to have to digest and I did this baking soda test have you heard of that yeah what's the process of that you put like i can't remember you put a teaspoon of baking soda in a quarter cup of water and if you burp within like two minutes then you have digestive enzymes and if you don't then you have like low digestive enzymes so i did not burp so it turns out apparently that i don't have many digestive enzymes and so the person I was working with gave some suggestions like not drinking a lot of water while eating, um, but would love to hear any tips that you can share with our community on better digestion, bloating, and really like some of the best ways to eat because it's not just what we eat, but how we eat. Definitely. Um, well, some of the main things that I share with people as a baseline foundation um, that I've noticed people have said has helped them, especially with their gut. Um, the first thing I would say is if your gut is weak, you will know when you start eating raw foods, like generally raw foods are much more difficult to digest. If you think about your stomach, um, in Ayurveda, it talks about your stomach being like agni, it's fire. Like you have a fire of digestion 
And so if your digestion and your digestive fire is weak, when you're putting things which are uncooked and harder to digest into your stomach, it's going to cause more bloating, more gas, um, more discomfort. Um, and so I would start off by saying, if you are noticing that, have cooked food. Start off with, get, like, let your stomach rest a little bit. If anything, you could even do a soup or um, a, like a warm, I, I sometimes do just steamed vegetables. Every time I want a gut reset, I'll do steamed veg um, and some soups, really allowing your gut to have a moment to just repair itself. Um, and you could do that for a couple of days. You could do that for a week if you wanted to still getting nutrients into your body, but really allowing your gut to just replenish for a little bit. And then I recommend spices. Spices really help to ignite your digestion. And there are some that irritate, but there are three in particular, which are great for all body types and that help to rekindle your fire, but at the same time, help to soothe your gut. And those spices are cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds. They're like, I guess in Ayurveda, it's, it's considered like the super spice blend. It's incredible for your gut. I actually boil all three of them in water in the morning and I'll, I'll drink it first thing in the morning. It helps to detox, it helps to ignite the fire, but it also helps to cleanse like the stuff that you've accumulated overnight out of your digestive tract. I actually make my kitchery with those three, which I don't know if that's supposed to be those three, but I, know, yeah. I do love that. Okay, good to know that I'm the right track. Yeah, kitchery cleanse is great too. If you don't want to do liquids, you could just have kitchery breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that really helps to keep your gut full, but also allows it to rest. Sometimes having a monotonous diet without changing things allows your stomach to do the same thing. So that's great. I love a kitchery. And then the third thing you mentioned water, and just like I said, that the digestion is like fire. A lot of people have a lot of cold drinks um, in their diet from morning to evening. You drink cold water, cold beverages, everything is cold. And so try swapping out as difficult as it is. Maybe if you don't want to do all of them at once, you could swap out a couple of your cold drinks for hot water or room temperature water during the day. Hot water is amazing for digestion. You can add in those spices, like I said, but other things, but those are probably the three that I would recommend at first to start off with and see if they help. All right. Love those. I'm so excited to announce that we have launched two new superfood cereal flavors, chocolate almond and cinnamon raisin almond. Our cereal is intentionally crafted with whole food ingredients you can see and taste like sorghum, oats, chia, and quinoa. Each spoonful of our superfood cereal combines crunchy ancient grain flakes with delicious granola clusters for irresistible taste and texture. Plus, they are an excellent source of vitamin D, a good source of fiber, and have over 30 grams of whole grains per serving. You can find these new flavors along with our existing flavors, honey peanut butter and vanilla blueberry almond at your local Whole Foods and as always on purelyelizabeth.com. All right, so we're going to move on to talk about your first cookbook that is coming out. Huge congratulations. Thank you so much. I'd love to hear about the, how was it the time to write the cookbook? How did you decide? And tell us what it's all about. Um, well, I feel I'm the type of person who never feels ready to do anything or put anything out. I'm always like, yeah, I get, I've still, still got so much more to learn. I'm still a student. I don't think I'm ready yet. But I was encouraged by so many of my friends and family around me to just take the leap and start writing. 
And I'm so happy that I did, because like I said, it really made it made me realize how much I had in my mind that I wanted to share with people that has changed my life. There's 125 plant-based recipes, but then there's also in between little sections of wellness rituals, meditation practices, how to build the connection between your mind, your body and the food that you're eating. Um, simple principles for gut digestion. Like there's just so much through it that I try to intertwine. So it's more than just recipes. It's helping you to reconnect to yourself. And the book is called Joyful with two L's. And there's just so much. It's, it's just dense. It's dense with information, with beautiful. Oh my gosh, my photography in there is so beautiful. She did such an incredible job, Alana. And you know, when you get to, when you've put so much love into something, I spent two years creating this book, two more than two years. And I finally got to the place where I've detached from it. And I'm like, I know I've done everything I possibly can. And I've poured as much as I can into it. Uh, and now hopefully it does what it's supposed to and helps heal people and um, create a better space in life for them. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. It's truly so beautiful. And I, I love, as you said, how you're incorporating the lifestyle tips within it and all the recipes look absolutely delicious which one is your or give me like top three favorites oh you know what it's like choosing know, your it's favorite. so hard to do i can't do it but right now especially because it's starting to be hopefully a bit colder weather i love the beans and lentil section i find that's where i go for my hearty wholesome warming meals and so i've got a red lentil coconut milk dal in there that's one of my go-to's but then I'm also someone, I love a bit of comfort food. So we've got these jalapeno cheese dough balls in there too. And then there's also really warm and comforting soup. So I feel like there's everything from your comfort, cheeky foods to healthier options. And then for me, the nutrient dense meals, which make you feel really great during this time of year. Sorry, I couldn't pick one. <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> How is it doing the recipe development? along with your like daily content and kind of managing the back and forth of those sorts of projects on a day-to-day basis? It was a lot. You know, when I was creating the recipes, I had to make a decision because my content, I was filming everything, editing everything, doing everything myself. And so I made a decision that while I was creating the recipes over those months, I would avoid doing food content because I couldn't do both. And I would just share whatever else I was doing in my life or ease up on content online because I really needed to focus on just getting the book done. So I found it quite a struggle balancing both, but I had to just take away the guilt from it because I was like, look, if I really want this book to be great, I'm not someone who can do 10 things at once. I know that about myself. I need full focus on one thing, put everything into that and then continue on and move on to the next thing. So I didn't have the capacity to do all of it. So many people do. But I just chose to focus and I'm, I don't regret that at all. I think it was, it was what I needed to do. Well, I think that's such a good lesson for people to hear of like, you don't have to do it all. And really listening to your body to know what works best for you yeah. is super important. Definitely. So as you think about the tips that you share in the book, lifestyle tips and some of the ways to have the most amount of joy in your life. Tell us some of the ways that you feel the best and um, maybe sharing some of your morning routine, a night routine, or any sort of favorites that you have in your day. Yeah, I think for me, if I think about what is included in having a joyful life, it's everything from, of course, the food we eat to be able to fuel the body that we need to carry out the 
things that we want to do in life, whether it's serving ourselves, serving other people, our work that we do, you know, the foundation of fuel is so important. And so, yes, the food that I eat, I try to be more mindful about not eating out too much, trying to, even if it is just eating a really simple meal at home, I know it's always going to be better for me than getting things that that exactly what the ingredients are. And so I really try to focus on home cooked meals a lot and prioritize that, whether it's for my breakfast, lunch or dinner. And then my morning rituals, meditation has been part of my life for for nearly 10 years now. I woke up seeing my mom meditate every single morning and I started my practice about 10 years ago. And no matter where I am, I pretty much feel like it's the anchor. I used to travel a lot and that would be the one thing that stayed the same throughout my life. And it's really been, it's been my spiritual and mind fuel, uh, just as food is to the body. I think meditation and time with yourself is fuel for your mind and for your heart and relationships building deep relationships we're so used to connecting online and on phones and I've really prioritized especially this year building more connections with friends and family in in person seeing people in person having eye contact hugging people because as humans that's what we want we want intimate connection with people that also fuels us it gives us energy we we thrive off each other And another part that I've really been working on when it comes to creating more joy in my life is really thinking about how I am thinking of other people and myself, the words that I'm using, the thoughts that I'm thinking about other people, because even if it's in your, even if it's something that doesn't come out of your mouth, if it's in your mind, that is what you are breeding inside of you. And so whether it's towards another person or towards myself, I'm really, I haven't got there, but I'm working on the language and the way that I am seeing other people and the perspective I'm seeing them with, and also the way that I'm seeing and, and, and treating myself. Um, so many other things, but I'd say those are the things I'm working on most right now. I love that. So let's, let's dive a little bit into that last one. So how, what does that look like for you? How are you working on that? And I think it's such an important thing. And I too have been really focused on that personally of the things that you think in your head sometimes, like you would never say to another person about Uh that. And when you really stop to take that in, I think that's really powerful. So I'm curious to hear kind of how you're working on that practice of maybe being more mindful about it or what you're doing around that. Mm. I do a couple of things. So one of the things I started doing for that when I started seeing a lot of negative talk in my mind was writing down at the end of the day all the things that I remembered or even at the time that I'm noticing my mind saying and then writing down what I wish I would be saying instead so almost creating new thought patterns by repetitively writing it down that definitely helped me and then another thing I've been doing is I think it's very easy to focus on other people's weeds and other people's it's it's almost easier right when you see when you can look at other people and see their faults it makes you feel so much better about yourself And so instead of doing that, I think that quiet time with myself, whether it's journaling, whether it's meditation, it's a reflective practice that allows me to internalize and see what I'm working on. And I honestly think if you notice the things that you need to work on, it gives you way less time to focus on other people's things that they need to work on. And so a reflective practice is so necessary to be able to see perspective, be less judgmental and to recognize that even though we see things in other people, there's a lot in ourselves that we need to be working on and focusing on that rather than someone else is going to be far more beneficial. So a reflective practice, writing down the things that I'm noticing are repeating in my mind and trying to think of anything else that's helped me through that. Oh, I think 
you know, and food is such an important part of this too. Doing things that nourish and make me happy because the happier you are and the more nourished your body and mind feels, that's what you're going to give out. You can't give out what you don't have inside of you. And so for me, I know when I'm eating a lot of things which aren't great for me, when I'm not sleeping enough, when I'm prioritizing watching things and absorbing things into my mind that are filled with gossip or reality TV or whatever it is that I'm absorbing in me, that's essentially what I'm thinking when I'm walking around the world. That's the perspective and the lens that I'm looking at the world through. And so limiting those things and really thinking about what is uplifting me and nourishing me and creating an environment internally to allow my external environment to also reflect that. I love that. What are your like first couple of go-tos that you know? I mean, food certainly is an easy one of change what you're eating to feel differently, but do you have any other like instant go-tos to turn maybe a day around or an afternoon around if you know you're going down, going down a rabbit hole? Um, self-love rituals. I love doing abhyanga. It's self-massage practice. It's something that I do every morning and every night, even if it's a couple of minutes, even if it's just my feet or my scalp or, you know, it's an oil massage and showing a little bit of love to yourself. If you're not ready to do it mentally, but physically, it, it allows a small space to open up in your heart. And I, I really appreciate that practice. And I've been doing that a lot outside connecting with nature. I think we disconnect from nature so much, but nature is there in so many ways, holding space for us that we don't even realize that going out for a walk, looking into the distance, being able to see nature around you and admire the beauty, like finding something that you find beauty in or gratitude for can again, change and shift that perspective internally. So nature is a big thing for me. And having moments of silence, I think we feel things like TV, music in the car, I started kind of switching off when I'm in the car rather than blasting music and having it as an opportunity to hear what's happening in my mind. Because I think we do try and make ourselves busy and create noise during times where we don't want to actually hear what's happening inside of us. And so trying to reduce the noise around me and, and stop trying to busy myself so I can actually get some time with myself. I love that. I think that's such a great tip. I can totally relate. I've been recently realizing that I'm going walking my dogs every morning and then putting my AirPods in and listening to a podcast yeah. or, you know, and I'm trying to learn and multitask. And then it's like, no, you could just have some silence and all the, the things come to you in that space. Same. I'll be, I'll be doing anything. I've got like five minutes spare. I'm like calling my friends on the phone or I'm looking at Instagram so much time, the in-between spaces we fill up and I'm trying to let those spaces just actually be spaces. So I want to come back to the food and mood, because I think that's something that, you know, for a lot of people they can relate to, but a lot of people they can't relate to. And so we'd love to hear both, I think, on the side of how what we're eating affects our mood, but then also how do our energies affect what we're eating and how we're cooking and kind of how that's all interconnected in your mind? Um, so much. I was talking about my mom earlier about the food that she makes. And I, I know that even though she's a good cook, it is the love and the thought that she pours into the food when she's making it, that, that makes it impossible for me to ever recreate. Like I'm always <laughs> asking my mom recipes and she will tell me bit by bit, every single detail of the ingredient, I will write it down as she's making it, but it will never, ever taste the same. And it's not because I'm not following the recipe exactly. It's because 
there is something about energy that is poured through your hands into the food that you're making. And there was actually this study, and I'm sure you've heard about it, about the water that was um, played different music in different rooms and how it affected the composition when it was frozen, like the crystals that were made from it. And I always think about that when I'm creating. And I think there's, you know, now we cook with spoons and stuff, but I'm quite a hands-on person when I'm in the kitchen. Because I think when you end up touching what people are eating and you've got the mindset that you can, you know, energy may not be physically visible, but it is definitely felt. And we're not used to thinking about things that we can't see. But if you think about it, when you meet people and you spend time with them, there's an energy shift. There's an energy transaction that happens and food is the same. And so I do little things like playing either spiritual music in the background when I'm cooking or really thinking before I step into the kitchen and I'm about to cook, what is my intention for the food that I'm cooking, for the people that I'm cooking for? What do I want them to feel? And then we have a practice in in my tradition where we actually offer food. So before we eat, before we taste the food, ideally we offer food at, if you have an altar at home or even back to the sun or God or universe in whichever way you want to, but you offer it back first and you take a moment, have a prayer where you're just thanking every single element that has been participated in creating this food, whether it's the sun, whether it's God, whether it's the farmers, so much to feel grateful for, but almost offering it back to them before you then indulge in it yourself. And I think all those little practices, one helps better with digestion because you're ready to welcome the food rather than just scoffing it down. You've got an appreciation for it. You're savoring it, Um, but also benefits the other people eating it too, because you've poured so much into it yourself. In, in your mind. That study of the water is so fascinating. And when you really stop to think about that, it's it's pretty incredible to see how yeah. So switching gears to other project beyond cookbook is your tea line that you have started with Jay. Would love to hear what it's like. Um co-founding company with your husband and what's next for the brand what is next for the brand we are coming out with some decaf options so it's a sparkling adaptogenic tea it um, has been through many different versions this is definitely the best version so far in taste in packaging and everything we've really thought about it this time around to make it the best that it could possibly be but i'm really excited because we have five flavors right now but they're all caffeinated with green tea so they have the benefits that green tea does too but the decaf options are coming out so right now we're experimenting with different flavors and taste testing and trying to get those um made and so i'm really excited about that and now we're getting into a lot more distributors and stores so it's quite exciting still still at the beginning honestly but it's been a really fun journey to create and how's it been co-creating with your husband is that the first project that you guys have done together it is it's the first time we've actually worked together and it's honestly great because we both have very different skill sets and so I know when I need to show up and he knows when he needs to show up and I won't like we both understand I'm, I get why you're not in this meeting and he's like, I get why you're not in this meeting we <laughs> we have quite separate roles actually when it comes to I'm doing all the taste testing I'm creating the flavors but then he's doing a lot of the finance meetings and you know, um, the marketing and distribution ideas. So we generally don't overlap in our skill set much. <laughs> so that kind of helps. And what's next beyond cookbook 
and drink anything else on the horizon i just recently launched my podcast um it's called a really good cry and it touches on everything it is definitely focused towards women it is touches on everything from culture expectations of women to health and wellness to do with our female bodies to emotions and being able to really embrace our feminine and masculine energy and and how that impacts us just conversations with some of my best friends to people I find really interesting and then some solo episodes with me too just to help people get comfortable with feeling emotion and understanding how much that impacts the body so yeah I'm really excited about it it's new but it's exciting amazing well talking about getting comfortable with that we're gonna end before a rapid fire what is one thing that you're currently working on to step out of your comfort zone and perhaps scare you oh my gosh last year it was my yes year i did so many things that i would normally say no to i spoke on a stage with like i think it was thousands of people in the audience which i was so scared about doing Honestly, launching this book has been something that's been so scary. I was so excited up to the point that it was supposed to come out into the world. And I was like, we don't need to do that. I've written it now. I've done the work. Do we really need to show it to people? So I think that's a big stepping stone for me to actually have it out in the world and share it with people. So yeah, I'd say right now, that's probably been the scariest part to have people see the words that I've actually written in this book and try out the recipes and see if they even work. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Uh, thank you. All right, we're going to move on to some rapid fire Q&A. What do you wish more people knew about you? I do not have it all together. Yeah, people think for some reason, people meet me and they for some reason think I have everything figured out and or that I'm very well put together. I'm not a well put together person to any capacity. So I just would love everyone to know that. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate. Yeah. Favorite cooking tip? Ooh, spices, spices, spices. Nothing. You cannot tell me a dish is boring if you have spices in your cupboard. It does not. A boring dish does not exist when you have spices. <laughs> Three favorite spices for healing. Ooh, um, coriander, cumin, fennel. And another one I'll give you as a bonus, peppermint oil. Oh my gosh, for your gut, for your sinuses, for your headaches. I use it. I literally have one in my bag at all times. Whenever anyone's feeling something, I get my peppermint oil out. And just smell it or do you? I put it on my temples whenever I've got a headache, put it on my sinuses when I've got a blocked nose, um, put it around my belly button when I'm having digestion issues. I just have a roller ball that's with me at all times. It's Oh, when I'm feeling travel sick, sniff it. It's well, great. I need it right now. Yeah. <laughs> the three things that you're currently loving. It could be a product, TV show, book. Um, oh, I recently started reading Cleo Wade's book, Remember Love. It's just beautiful poetry that helps you to think deeper about what you're feeling that it's almost like these words on the page understand you without you even speaking to anybody it will help you process things it will help you um think about things that maybe you're not that's a really beautiful book um another thing my skincare I, I really appreciate this product by uh one of my friends it's called Renava it's an incredible Ayurvedic skincare range saffron serum for your skin it's beautiful and the third one, this is really random, but a label maker because I've been labeling my spices right now in my kitchen and having things organized 
unlabeled is it's it's another level of uh clarity for your mind <laughs> love that okay not part of the rapid fire but where do you buy your spices oh um so different places so i either buy them from indian stores or i have started to find organic spices on amazon and also burlap and barrel and a place called diaspora okay. they both are incredible because you know where the spices are coming from they're so thoughtful about the process and making sure everyone in the process gets paid fairly and they have on the bottle exactly where it's come from which i really appreciate totally it's so funny i just stumbled upon both of those websites yesterday and i have oh. them bookmarked on my on my uh, browser right now I'm like i need to get some spices and so oh, with some really uh, fun blends as well so it's nice because you get to try different flavors awesome favorite book for growth Ooh, favorite book for growth mm. is it only one yeah. okay i'm gonna give you give you a couple for me, the Bhagavad Gita was just life trans. There was the book that changed the entire trajectory of my life. A book called Spiritual War Warrior Turning Lust into Love was incredible to build deeper relationships and understand the difference between the two, which I think we all need in life. And then The Artist's Way, it's a practi practical course book, but also a beautiful way to really it's it's almost like a journey you take towards yourself and i have to add jay shetty think like a monk because that book was amazing and it's not just because he's my husband <laughs> agreed <laughs> favorite words to live by favorite i don't know but on the wavelength i'm working on for myself right now is drink water and mind your business oh i like it <laughs> drink water and just focus on yourself mind your own business stay in your own lane <laughs> And lastly, what is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? Right now, sleep. I think you need good sleep to be able to wake up, do the things you want to, eat the way you want to. It affects everything. And so it probably wouldn't have been what I would have said even six months ago, but I really have noticed that it impacts everything. Any tips that you have around getting good sleep? Yeah, I think, you know, they always say it starts with, it's not, it's, it starts with how you spend the rest of your day, like those eight hours that you spend sleeping, how are you using the other 16 hours? Like, how are you spending the rest of your 16 hours? So again, whether it's the types of food you're eating just before bed, what are you looking at just before you sleep? What are the stimulating things that you are doing? And it's not about the just stimulating foods like caffeine. It's stimulating your mind in the evening. It's the lights that you're putting on around you. So I've really tried to strip those things away close to bedtime and also monitoring. Like, I think we have so many amazing devices now. I don't love using devices all the time, but I will for short periods when I notice my sleep change because it will really tell you, is it your deep sleep that's affected? How many hours are you actually sleeping? Because you'll wake up saying, oh my God, I've been asleep for eight hours. How, why am I still tired? Well, are you really getting those eight hours sleep and checking your nutritional levels Like, go get your blood work done to check whether actually you're feeling tired and lethargic and not getting enough sleep because you may have imbalances happening in your body that you don't realize. Love those. Love sleep. Roddy, thank <laughs> you so much for your time today. In closing, where can everybody find you, your new book, your new podcast, and all the other wonderful things you've got going on? 
Well, you can find me on Instagram. It's Radhi Devlukia. My book is at joyfulbook.com and you can also find it um, on Amazon and in Barnes and Nobles and everywhere else. And Junie, our drink is at drinkjunie.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.
Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.